0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first-ever episode of The Change-Up. I'm your host, Owen Holmgren, joined by Taylor West. This podcast will be everything baseball, MLB, Gilman baseball, college baseball. It'll, it'll fill all your baseball needs. <laughs> we struggled a couple of times with the technical difficulties to begin this episode, so this is the third time that we have tried yes, starting it. Yes,
1: um, I think uh, you know we're going to be talking about... Things like the Astros scandal, the yes. the uh, bets, and the whole thing with the Red Sox, and maybe their scandal. Um, but Owen, yeah, you wanted to talk about yes. The, um...
0: So obviously, since the season hasn't started, we can't talk about really much. Um, we're gonna so today, we're gonna stick to the off season. Uh, one of the biggest acquisitions um, that I thought was kind of overlooked in the beginning of the season or beginning of the off season, excuse me, was the Anthony Rendon going to the at uh, the Angels. Now, Anthony Rendon is a top three-third baseman in baseball, one of the top hitters in baseball, a great defender, and now he's joining Mike Trout and Andrelton Simmons and Shohei Otani in Los Angeles. And now I feel like they have one of the top offenses in baseball, one of the top lineups in baseball. Um, But as we just touched on in our previous attempted recording, (laughs) their pitching has really been the problem um, for a while now.
1: Yes. And, and I think like you talk a lot about the uh, Dodgers being that just team that just cannot get to the or they can get to the World Series and then they just blow it all. And the Angels have really been the same way with the playoffs. They've had a guy in Mike Trout who's probably the best player of the decade who has been won multiple MVP awards. has mm-hmm. been amazing. Yet with him, with just him, you know, baseball is not a one man sport and they have really been struggling. So in my personal opinion, even with the angels carrying three premier hitters in the league. I don't think they're going to be, they're going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You got a team in the Astros. Who's going to be, who's, who's probably going to be like, they're going to be very hot coming out of the gate. They're going to want to prove everybody wrong. They're going to play angry. They're going to play angry. And that, Owen, in your baseball experience, does playing angry help you? It it, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you know, you always, you can never count out the Oakland A's and Billy Bean. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they've had 95 plus wins the last few years. I just cannot see the Angels coming out of this division and making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's tough, and it's it's really that they've they've made attempts at at acquiring pitchers, um, but they've really spent all the money they have on Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. So they've gotten this off season, They got Dylan Bundy. They have Andrew Heaney from last year, who I guess was considered their their ace after mm-hmm. once high got hurt, and he's not even that great. They had Tyus gags who tragically passed away last year, who was one of their up-and-coming prospects. So they they really have nothing going for them on the pitching end. Um, so, and I don't know in the playoffs. That's obviously They also have Albert Pujols on offense, oh, um, of course, who's you know on the decline. But <laughs> to say the least, once you once you get to the playoffs, pitching is one of the most, if not the most. Um, important aspect of the game when you're facing all these incredible offenses like if the angels do somehow make the playoffs and run into the yankees the yankees are going to have a field day off of whoever's pitching for the angels unless it's shohei otani for five straight games
1: (laughs) i mean god the angels i I just have a really really good feeling they're they're going to be like the at the sorry the mariners in the recent future where they've had these huge power hitters like robinson cano nelson cruz probably have had all these guys but They just haven't had the pitching to get it done, to even get to the playoffs. Of course, the Mariners haven't made the playoffs since their (laughs) 116-win season in, like, 2002. Um, Oh, and let's talk the Sox. Um, I know you have been very mad.
0: Okay, we're back. Sorry we had some more technical difficulties. The system's not really working with us today. But as we were saying, as Taylor was saying, uh, I am mad because I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. And they just traded away my favorite player and um, really Boston's favorite player, Mookie Betts, a top, a top hitter in the MLB a, and uh, probably maybe, the world.
1: Maybe yeah. Yep.
0: Should be two-time MVP. Oh, okay. Um, he was robbed the first time. But it's all about war, Owen. It's that, that's <laughs> gonna be, that's
1: going to be a continuing theme on this podcast. It's all about the war.
0: It's All about the war. It's all they care about nowadays. But. The original Mookie trade – so the reason that they've made these Mookie trade – made, they made the Mookie trade is um, they couldn't come to – they they tried several times. I think it was three times they tried to uh, – they reached out to Mookie to work on a contract extension or a new contract, and he declined all of them. They were like $350 million. They tried to make him a Red Sox for life. Mookie Betts wants Mike Trout money or close to it. Uh, I think Mike Trout's making 430 million. I can't 430, 450, something like that, something in that range. Now, the only person who deserves, in my opinion, and many other people's opinions, the only person who deserves Mike Trout money is Mike Trout because he's the best player in the planet and he has been for a long time. years Now, Mookie, Mookie, don't get me wrong. Mookie's a, a great player. Great player. He's not Mike Trout, Phenomenal. but he deserves some more some, money than most players in the league.
1: Some a little less, but in the ballpark. I yes.
0: So that was one of the reasons also a big a big thing um that the Red Sox struggled with last year was staying under the luxury tax. Um so they had to they they tried to they're trying to get under it. Now, do I think that's a good reason to trade a mookie bets? No, I don't. And and they've they've the um ownership management has come out and said this is not why we did that. I mean, maybe it factored in a little bit, but that's not the main reason.
1: Yeah, maybe it factored in a little bit, of course, like mm-hmm. Baseball is this thing where you know you can you can if you're the Yankees you can buy everybody you want and yeah. if you're the Red Sox you can buy and that's why everybody. that's yeah. why
0: they have the luxury the, the luxury, luxury tax. tax in place is so they they don't just go around and do that because then you lose draft picks you lose money they find you if you go that far over as far over as the Red Sox were over the luxury tax which was very quite a bit after getting JD Martinez David Price Chris Sale all those big names, um, also David Price is a name that's neglected in this trade but he's a very big piece of it. Um, because they obviously the Red Sox gave him like a mega
1: deal a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, Owen, can you can you like explain to me like the Red Sox starting pitching situation right now? Because they they do have one of the best lineups in the league still, even without Smokey. Yes. But, but they have Martinez. So they've they have, got yeah.
0: As of now, they have Chris Sale is the one. Yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez, who had a breakout season last year, and Pedro Martinez said he thinks he could be a Cy Young guy a couple days ago. They have Nathan Evaldi. Um, they lost Porcello to the Mets in the off season. But Evaldi is a little bit inconsistent. <laughs> uh, you could say what you want about Evaldi. Postseason here a couple years ago, but I'm not so sure. Like and they got, I believe, I think his name is Martin Perez from the Twins. He had like a five-five. He was like the only guy with a with a worse ERA than Rick Porcello last year.
1: Maybe bring in like Brian. So they brought him and...
0: in. They got to. They got to find someone. They said that they they have the pieces that they want, and there might be um, Darwin's and Hernandez. Uh, who's a young prospect for them? He's got little to no control, but he throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, they missed out on Bruce Dar Gratterol in the Dodgers in their original Dodgers trade. They were trading away Mookie Betts, David Price to the Dodgers, the three-team deal with the Twins. Uh, they would, in in return, they got Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers and Bruce Dar Gratterol from the Twins, yes. who is a top pitching prospect for the Twins, who throws 100 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and they projected him as a starter. And the reason why that original trade fell through is because after looking at his medicals they they uh Hein Bloom the new general manager of the Red Sox determined that he was not a starter and he did not project as a starter so they declined that trade and now they've gotten in return uh only players from the Dodgers Bruce Dargerrall ended up going to the Dodgers from the Twins Mookie and David Price went to the Dodgers and the Red Sox in return got
1: it, it was it was Verdugo,
0: this whole... Jeter Downs and Connor Wong
1: okay so, so there's a
0: whole messy situation. So nice. uh, and, uh, now at one point, I got too hopeful that Mookie was never leaving, but sadly, he's gone.
1: It's a lot of a lot of hope there. And
0: also, so is Brock Holt.
1: <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> I mean, the Red Sox—they they lost a lot, but they still. And I think that's this is what a lot of Red Sox fans don't realize: like they still have a lot on the table. They still have the yeah, playoff caliber. They still team. have high. They, Although the the AL East is so challenging, especially this year when you have teams like. The Yankees. The Orioles and the Yankees okay. and the like two of the top teams. We
0: also didn't talk about the Yankees getting Garrett Cole.
1: Uh, I mean I mean the Yankees have
0: <laughs> who is arguably the best pitcher in baseball and and now is sent away. And then their rivals in the division traded away one of the best hitters in baseball, which I don't understand. And and the Rays
1: still have one of the best <laughs> pitching rotations in baseball. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the Blue Jays are one of the younger teams that have a very bright future. They yes. just signed Kyung Jin Ryu to a big deal. So they're the Blue Jays are looking good, too. I saw somebody project the I was on my Twitter today and I saw and, and a baseball analyst project the AL East to end up as the Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox under 500 and then the Orioles so, way under 500.
1: And, and that just and that just leads us into our feature segment of the week. The Orioles of, oriole so of the week. So the Oriole of the week is just like the most oriole Oriole of the week. <laughs> just, just the worst performance by an Oriole. And this week, it's kind of just the off season since it's our first one, but we'll have continuous ones. I'm sure Chris Davis will be thrown in there a lot. Um, probably a lot of... N- never John Means, though. Never John Means, never. as he will be consistently the greatest Oriole ever. <laughs> um, but my Oriole of the week is Mike Elias for his work in the offseason, trading away everybody good. <laughs> um, Jonathan VR gone, Dylan Bundy gone. Kept Trey Mancini like that, but, I mean, literally... Like, dude, come on! VR was our one veteran guy. Mancini is just Mancini's good, but he Mancini's his, the best guy you got left. Yeah, much. his bat kind of fell off last season. He kind of he was batting at like a three ten clip, and then moved down to two seventy, and it was just really tough to see. I think the Orioles have the potential to be one of the worst teams in NFL and not, jeez, not MLB. NFL, <laughs> MLB history. Sorry.
0: Yeah, uh, my Oriole week, my Oriole of the week is going to go to. One of my favorite Orioles of all time, even though I'm not an Orioles fan at all. Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, Ubaldo is uh, infamous for giving up that home run to, was it Edwin Encarnacion in the ALCS in was it, 2014?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it was 2016. 2016, sorry. Three-run homer after Buck Walter didn't put in the... Shocking that the Orioles were that good. He didn't put in the uh, Cy Young, <laughs> win, the, the should-have-been-Cy Young winner, Zach Britton, who had a .5 ERA. Yeah, but you know what he did? He put in Ubaldo. Yes. And,
0: and... uh, the reason why he's my Oral of the Week is because he recently signed a. Well, he got a spring training invite from the uh, Colorado Rockies, and I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited to see Ubaldo back in action with his one of the weirdest windups it's, in baseball history. It's like
1: the ball almost touches the ground. Yeah, in his, in his it's, windup.
0: it's very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take Ubaldo for my O of the Week. All right. Um, I think we're gonna mid-roll right now. We're yeah, uh, our next segment. We're gonna bring in uh, Mr. Mr. Rob Hubeck.
1: Headmaster master cheating. School. School. Talk what about was, the Astros that's scandal. Thinking, talk
0: about the Astros cheating scandal. Hello, everybody, welcome back. I am now joined by Mr. Hubeck. Mr. Hubeck, welcome to the show. The Thanks first for ever episode me. of the changeup, first ever guest we've had. Wow. Uh, I feel privileged. <laughs> So now we're going to talk about a little bit about the Houston Astros massive cheating scandal that has taken place over the last couple of years uh, obviously it started at the end of the season Mike Fires, former Astros pitcher spoke out um, and the whole their whole system was recently uncovered in an MLB investigation so mr. Hubeck do you think what do you think the Astros what do you think Rob Manfred can do at this point to punish the Astros more? Or do you think they deserve to be punished more than they already have been?
2: Well, I think part of the investigation was um, getting um, getting players to come forward and, and tell the league what they knew. And in order to do that, you've got to give them immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think um, MLB and Rob Manfred put themselves in a little bit of a corner um, you know you can't go back now and, and punish players who came came forth and told the truth so um you know it's i think it's one of the <clears throat> one of the problems with with trying to do any investigation is that you need people to talk in order to do that you've got to give them immunity from punishment and i think in this case um they got the information they needed because players knew that they weren't going to get punished
0: yeah we've seen some of the biggest faces of baseball really mike trout cody bellinger uh bryce harper to name a few speak out about how the astros how they've lost respect for astros players and astros um staff in the uh organization as a whole um even lebron james spoke out <laughs> the other day which was kind of very unexpected because
2: yeah i, th- I think lebron ought to stick to basketball <laughs> yeah. but i'm not sure I'd, i don't i like I lebron talking about baseball yeah i don't think he really knew all the facts. I, I think the other, the the person you didn't mention is Nick Markakis. Yes, and um, you know the the reputation of Markakis is that he's he's very very quiet. I don't even know if he has a social media presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the few players that doesn't. Um, you know, and so for for Nick Markakis to say some of the things that he said, you know, that the the Astros players need a beating, um, you know, just kind of shows you how uh, how upset players are. And how much they want to uh, almost take uh, take issues into their own hands, and um, you know, I think I think there's uh, I, I think there's even a line by one of the gambling houses about how many times the Astros are going to get yeah. going to get hit, and um, I'm not sure I'm not sure whether that's going to be over or under, but um, you know, I, I, I certainly think we're going to see Astro players um, you know on the ground a few times. Yeah,
0: and I think one of the one of the bigger um, Kind of overarching themes about this whole disaster, I guess I would call it, is the PR nightmare that they went through um, in spring training. We got there were reports that Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, brought all the players in, telling them what to say um, when the when the they were going to address the media like their first day of spring training, and Jim Crane was the one who kind of messed it all up because he went out there for his press conference and he was like, "I don't think this impacted the game," and then somebody, one of the reporters was like, wait, did you say you didn't think it impacted the game? And he was like, I never said that. So he seemed kind of lost. The whole organization seemed kind of lost. Um, And then Cody Bellinger, when he spoke out, Carlos Correa did an exclusive interview with Ken Rosenthal, where he kind of went off the rails after originally he was one of the guys who was sincere about it and he apologized. He came out and he was saying, like, Cody Bellinger better shut up before he he doesn't learn all the facts. I think he
2: said something like, he doesn't uh, he used the he used an expletive basically yes, he to tell did. him to shut up. Um, but but here, here's my question though. It's like if ML so wouldn't it make sense for MLB to maybe dispatch a public relations person to spring training and be with the Astros? Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't it have made sense to to prep the Astros on what to say? Yeah. Uh, because what's happened now is MLB has had to step back. And um, and do a lot of damage control because one of their owners, who obviously is a very rich man, um, you know, doesn't know how to certainly doesn't know much about PR. And 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 then you're asking players who are emotional, who have been targeted, who have been accused, um, trying to to be the voice of reason. And and they've messed it up, too. I think what's interesting, too, is that you haven't like it's been Carlos Correa, um, Bregman, you know, Al, Altu- Altuve. Altuve, but, and even Bregman apologized, but, but, you know, Bregman, you know, it was interesting. Correa basically said Altuve didn't do anything. Well, he didn't say the same thing about Bregman, did he? Mm-hmm. Um, which makes you wonder, right. Uh, how much, how much was Bregman in on that stuff? Um, and some of these other guys. So, um, it, it is a mess and I'm not sure if it's going to get any better until, you know, maybe the end of the year. And, and, You know, the the way the Astros can shut it up is basically win it this year and just say, you know what, we didn't need it technically back then and
0: we don't need it now. It's not, it's really not just a bad look for the Astros organization. It's a bad look for the MLB as a whole, as you touched on. Um, But Carlos, it was, people were mad at Carlos Correa because of his, he was very contradictory after, because after he did this whole thing with Ken Rosenthal saying that Cody Bellinger doesn't know the facts, he went on saying like Altuve didn't want to use the, um, he was using a ton of excuses. Like Altuve always said not to use the trash can when he was hitting. He said he didn't need it. And then somebody did like – in the investigation, they would like watch video and listen for the trash can banging. And Altuve used it many, many times in many of his at-bats. Um, so it was just a lot of excuses being made, and it was a mess. Correa went like game by game. I found this interesting was when he went game by game – Um explaining in the world series how like even at home they won without cheating and i feel like that was the very wrong route to take was trying to well i think what's even more interesting is
2: that correa denied
0: using it in the playoffs in Mm -hmm.
2: 2017 and and uh, rob manford said the other day that they had absolute um you know evidence that it was used in the postseason so uh you know they're they're clearly taking steps backwards to try to, to try to cover their tracks um yeah, it, it's it's going to be uh it's going to be a mess, and um, you know, uh, I don't I don't envy Dusty Baker who's got to try to keep it together. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't envy some of the new players on the Astros who weren't there in 2017. who Are going to have to sit there and endure some of the abuse that they get every time they show up in a in a, in a
1: road game. Yeah, they're going to. In baseball, you really see you rarely see hostile environments, um, but I think the Astros are probably going to go into some particularly hostile environments, especially when they travel to New York, whom they beat in the ALCS and Boston, whom they beat in the ALDS. And I'm personally excited to see that. Cause I, I'm a big fan of when, when crowds kind of turn against the opposing team, but I'm going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the Astros respond.
2: Yep. It will be very interesting. And, um, you know, d- d- beside the fact that they lost, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball to free agency, so they've got to try to fill that void. And um, um, you know, Verlander's getting up in age, so uh, you know he's he's been a he's been consistent and he's he's made starts. But you know, when you get older, you start to uh, break down a little bit. And um, and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, it, it'll be an interesting dynamic for them. It'll be them against the world for sure.
0: Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting storyline throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think that's all we have for today. Mr. Hubeck, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. First Anytime. inaugural episode. Yep. Proud to um, be here. Thank you, Taylor, for being here with me. And that's all we have. Thank you for listening.